Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No. These are the other stories. <laughs> Chipped. Written by Luke Condor. Narrated by Josh Curran. Saliva fell from the sides of its mouth in strings, splashing forth against the window. With each gnashing on the empty air and each grating bark, the creature made Gavin jump in his skin. He was safe, and he knew it. But the thing had a hold on him. Each yap that escaped its demonic mouth threaded needles of panic throughout his body that made him want to crumple on his side, close his eyes, play dead, and wait for it to move on to something else. There was a demon in that house. A creature smaller than the length of Gavin's leg. A monster full of fur and teeth, covered in brown and white, floppy ears and a wagging tail. A Jack Russell Terrier called Maximus. Max for short. It barked at him every single morning on the way to school, and every single time it scared the shit out of him. He gripped onto the straps of his rucksack and stood his ground. He was supposed to wait, but it didn't stop him from taking a couple of steps back, just out of view of the little goblin. You what, mate? A voice off to his right, followed by the shutting of the back door, obscured by the red Ford Fiesta in the driveway. Another bark, and he gripped tighter as a face appeared from behind the car, a grin so wide it looked like the sides of the mouth had been sliced into. All right, mate. He said softly as he loosened his grip. He knew the face. The familiar bowl cut of brown hair, the ears sticking upwards, the shiny red coat. Who else but Liam Roberts? 
or the name he'd picked up randomly over the past few years of school, Lemde. Lemde smiled as he handed over the plastic bag with Gavin's PlayStation inside, the grey box showing through the stretched, translucent plastic. House is free this Saturday if you fancy it. Make it a games night, eh? Lemde said. Gavin accepted the bag and smiled. Don't worry, Max won't be here, Lemde said as if reading Gavin's mind. My mum and dad are taking him with them. He relaxed a little as he placed the carrier bag between his legs and took his rucksack off. The cat'll still be here, though. You don't mind cats, do you? Having unzipped the rucksack, he slid the PlayStation inside. He closed it up, double-checked that none of it was showing from the sides. No, it's okay, Gavin said. It sounds like fun. I'll be here. I gotta admit, though, Lemde said. Jinx's shit smells so bad it's pretty terrifying. Lemde laughed his asthma-enthused chuckle as Gavin waved goodbye and said, Tell your uncle thanks before heading off down the street. The autumn evening quickly turned dark as he picked up into a run home, half in excitement and half in fear that Max might get free. The thought only made him run faster as he bolted his way back home. He ran straight up the stairs, pulled the PlayStation out and placed it back on its shelf, back in its home. He connected the SCART cable, the power cable and the two controllers. Within a minute, he turned it on, the familiar white screen with the Sony logo. He didn't feel particularly good about getting his PlayStation chipped. The idea of getting pirated games for cheap was a tempting one, sure. It would open his life up to a world of games that he'd simply never be able to afford otherwise. But he knew it was illegal. It was wrong. It was the kind of thing a baddie does. Uncle Don is right good with computers, Lemday had told him at school the previous week. He only charged us a tenner too. Now I can get any game I want for a fiver. Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, mate, Metal Gear, got it, finished it. Toka Torin Cars, got it, finished it. Tenshu? Shit, mate. Is it? Gavin supposed that he could afford to find out for himself now. So listen, mate, Lemde had said. I can get my uncle to do yours. Not only that, but the chip he gives you is packed with developer previews from Japan, too. Previews? Oh, yeah, mate. Game's so sick you've never even heard of them. Demos from games next year developers game tests that kind of thing why would i want them uh because they're fucking awesome there was one that i swear is 10 times better than metal gear solid there's even a game where a woman gets her boobs out Gavin waited, unsure what to expect from his tainted console. He gasped a little as the Sony logo disappeared, and the entire screen turned pink and then black. A string of white text ran over the screen, another glitch of pink with green lines and then black again, this time with line after line of green text. What the? Panic started to set in as he thought he might have paid Lemday's uncle to break his PlayStation. He stepped towards the TV, looked at the text. It didn't make any sense to his eyes, just random characters and gibberish. He scrolled downwards and pressed X randomly. Suddenly, the PlayStation restarted and a game loaded up. It looked half-finished. The menu text was made of peculiar characters that he didn't recognize. Maybe Japanese? 
He clicked start. A pixelated face. A mouth. A moaning noise. Low at first, but building. Gavin found himself fixed to the screen, unable to look away. The mouth was moving. He pressed a button, and the jawline of the mouth moved as if it were crunching down on something. He pressed another, and the mouth opened. The moaning grew louder. It reminded him of the noises coming from his dad's laptop when he walked in on him that time. But this was different. This time it was more painful than pleasurable, and it was accompanied by a low static white noise that both stung his ears and caressed them. He pressed another button, and the mouth chewed again. He shook his head in disbelief, taking another step forward. He pressed another button. He went to press another, but... Dinner's ready! The muffled voice startled him so much, he yelped as he pulled the power from the console and turned the moaning white noise off with a static click. Gavin! His mum called after not receiving a response. Yep, coming. Downstairs, as he picked at the beans on toast, avoiding the crusty edges of the bread, he asked his mother about Lemday's sleepover. She said yes. At least he presumed so. He was busy looking down at the food, at the red tomato juices, still with the moaning in his ear, still with the chewing noises, the static, the mouth. The three days between then and the weekend were a blur. Gavin found himself poring through the list of developer previews every spare moment. He'd wake up well before his alarm rang to play. He'd run home from school to play some more. And each time he played, he felt a little dirtier, like something inside of him was changing, souring like off milk. He'd never let his mum or dad see what he was playing either. He supposed they'd be okay, but the idea of stealing other people's work still felt wrong, somehow shameful. So he only played in his bedroom, with the door closed, with the sound at its lowest volume, with his face nearly pressed into the screen, his hands down by the power button, ready to turn the console off at the slightest sound from within the house. He didn't mind, as long as he got time to play the games, most of which were simple blocky shapes fitting into holes or demos of character models. Dinosaurs, women, children. But it was the Japanese ones that he enjoyed the most. The ones that were never much more than moaning and chewing. Various shapes that looked vaguely human. Always moving. Always finding themselves in his mind. Into his dreams. His waking thoughts. You're set for tonight, his mother said as she brushed his hair. You call me if you need anything. Yes, mom. He was looking forward to talking to Lemde. He had questions. Who was his uncle? Where did the games come from? He walked through the cold half-light out of the cul-de-sac, past several houses with illuminated open windows, displaying the family sat inside, stuck to their sofas and chairs, eyes glued to the screens. He walked on past into Lemde's house. He held his breath as he neared the window, but there was no barking, no reason to be scared. Max was gone. The red Ford Fiesta that usually sat on the driveway was gone too. Mr. and Mrs. Roberts were out for the night, and they'd taken their little demon with them. Gavin walked down the driveway into the back garden. He half expected to see Jinx lounging beneath the climbing frame, but he wasn't there. The back door, too, 
usually closed, was ajar. The lights were off, only a vague static tumbled outwards from inside the house. Lenday, he said as he stepped inside, seeing the pizza box on the side, frozen, ready to shove in the oven. Gavin pursed his lips and sucked the air through his teeth, his come here kitty noise that he made to lure cats in for a fuss. Jinx was nowhere to be seen. He walked on through the hallway. Lemday, you up there, mate? He called, but no one answered. He peered his head into the living room, but it was empty. Dark, too. He flicked the light switch, but still saw nobody. The noise must have been coming from up the stairs. Liam, he said quietly. He walked up the stairs, towards the static noise and slowed when he saw Lemday's open bedroom door, the TV playing white noise in view behind it. He heard a suckling too. No, a chewing noise mixed with wet suckling. It reminded him of the game. He stepped into the bedroom. He still couldn't see much more than the pile of clothes on the floor. The unmade bunk bed with the quilt spilling over the side, and the PlayStation. Its green light on, and the inner fans whirring. He stepped forward and turned the TV off. The static stopped, but the suckling continued. There was a movement on the surface of the TV screen, distorted from the glass. At first he thought it was his own reflection, but he turned to see Lemde in the corner of the room, hunched over himself, facing away from Gavin. His head bobbing up and down as he suckled and chewed on something unseen. Are you okay, mate? The suckling continued. He kicked a dirty sock away from his foot and touched Lemday's shoulder. It startled his friend and he lifted his head. The mess in his hands pushed Gavin back as if the sight of it were a physical force. <sighs> I can't stop, he said, his asthma-ridden voice wheezing and squeaking. <laughs> I can't stop. Gavin took another step back and slipped on a rogue yo-yo on the floor. His arse slammed against the floor and he shook his head. What the fuck are you doing? Lemde turned back to the meat in his hands. The tawny fur split open in the middle and the collar hanging away, caught in a patch of dried flesh. (laughs) I'm so hungry, Lemde said as he stood up and dropped the meat on the floor where it softly thumped against the carpet, splashing red mist over the dirty whites. Your face, Gavin said as the streetlight outside the bedroom window underlit his friend's features. What's wrong with your face? The face looked different, thin and elongated somehow, with moist red marks covering his skin. I'm so hungry, Gavin. I'm so hungry. Lemde leapt forwards, lifting his hands in the air, ready to swipe down at Gavin. He grabbed onto whatever was closest and slammed it against the side of Lemday's head with a damp thud. It startled his friend, who took a step backward, muttering apologies under his breath. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just so fucking hungry. Gavin stood up, the bloodied PlayStation controller in his hand tore loose from the console. He lifted it as if to say he wasn't scared to use it again. Lemday hissed and backed into the corner of the room again, picking up the remains of the cat and looked to Gavin. The feline head, mostly together, drooped back over itself, its lifeless eyes reflecting the moonlight 
You're hungry too. I can feel it. You're hungry too. Lemday said as he smiled and bit down on the ribcage. He sucked on the near-empty carcass. Gavin did the only thing he knew to do. He left the room and he ran. He ran down the stairs, out through the open door, past the oblivious families in their houses, back to his house. He managed to avoid his mother's questioning as he ran up the stairs and slammed the door shut behind him. Wait. No. He didn't remember leaving it on. But there it was. The green light of the PlayStation was on. The same game on the TV. The mouth. The moving. The chewing. Gavin walked to the console, and within a second, yanked out the power cable. He wrapped up the console in his dressing gown and threw it in the wardrobe. He then climbed up onto his bed, wrapped himself up in the duvet, and closed his eyes shut. If he slept longer than an hour that night, he wasn't sure, but he dreamt of the cat's carcass and the suckling sound of Lemday's mouth on its guts. The next morning, long before his parents had woken, he made his way back to Lemday's house. He made his way to the driveway. He held his breath and did his best to calm himself as he rapped on the door. A second later, and the door opened. It was Gavin's mum. Liam's still asleep, Gav, she said. Maybe pop round in a bit. Tell him I called over, Gavin said as he walked away. Before he made it around the corner, he heard the same old barking. He turned to see Max in the window, yapping at him, gnashing at the air. He didn't feel scared, though. When he looked at that little brown and white mutt, he didn't feel the same sense of fear enveloping him. No. When he looked at Max, he felt something very different. He felt... hungry. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Chipped was written by Luke Condor, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Mayu and Tom Robson. Hawk and Cleaver have an exciting few months ahead. If you fancy being amongst the first to find out what the Hawk and Cleaver guys are up to, head on over to www.hawkandcleaver.com where you can contact us directly and also get your hands on a free book. Also, if you super love this episode, why not leave a review on the iTunes store? Until next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.